This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand screen printed on 100% cotton pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right, and you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks. So it's a great deal, and that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount and that is c-r-y-p-t-i-d-zoo.com Hey everybody, you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 123, covering the new comic books that came out on Wednesday, September 6th, and this particular podcast is not quite worthy of lifting Mjolnir, but it shakes when I try, let me tell you. I am your comic book loving host, Chris Latore. thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope that you and all of your loved ones are doing well, and right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast... Using hundreds of thousands of years of comic book reading experience and presented in my own uniquely positive charged way, I recommend, review, and discuss my favorite comic book picks, the best of the best comic books that came out this week. So please tell a nerd-loving friend to never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast by just subscribing to it and following us on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, all at one place, at Sunspots Comics. We're easy to find. And two quick thank yous, of course, to the dude always doing our Sunspots Comics theme song, and that's Nick Papa George. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. And please follow him and check out his stuff. He's a fantastic musician at facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latore. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. He's doing a brand new Sunspots Comics spinoff podcast called Sunspots Scene. And it's Jables, his two friends, Moises and Matt. Hey, dudes. How y'all doing? They talk about everything in the world of movies, TV shows, and of all genres, not just comic books. So if you're into movies and TV shows of all kinds, check out Sunspot Scene. It's already on the feed. You can check it out. And by the way, I myself am a guest of Episode 3, which is on the feed now, along with my uh, stepson, Fernando. Hello to all of y'all. And at the very end... Justin asks us if we could pick any superhero team to be on, what would it be and why? So we have a ton of laughs. It's a great good time. If you want to hear us talking about what superhero team would we join, he didn't ask what superhero villain team. He didn't leave it to that, just superheroes only. But check out Sunspot Scene, episode number three, where we'll have that little conversation and so much more on the movies and TV. Heck, they even talk about uh, boxing at one point. (laughs) So uh, whatever that's all about. But anyway, if you uh, subscribe to the Sunspots Comics podcast, 
you'll already see Sunspot Scene on the feed. And uh, check out Justin also. He does our blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And you can follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. He also has just started a new Instagram at sunspotscene. So you can find it either way. So let's jump into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 123. Starting out with some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. That's right. And the first nugget of nerd that's always lodged up in there this week, especially, it's uh, just one little quick thing on some comic book movie and TV news. Thor Ragnarok. Yes, Thor 3. There is a opening night fan event coming on November 2nd. I know it's way out there, but I just got the emails about this opening night special event. So it's November 2nd. It's at 6 o'clock, which is basically an hour earlier than the normal release time. And they're actually laying the hammer down on some some pretty good, decent, extra goodies that you can see during this, this fan night event. So Regal Cinemas has announced seven additional minutes of exclusive content. We don't know what that is. Deleted scenes or just interviews, etc. There's also a collectible Thor coin that's going to be given. A uh, collectible Thor cup. I guess you're going to get a drink, hopefully with that. And the collectible Thor Ragnarok popcorn tin. So all there included for usually i'm finding right now tickets between 25 and 30 bucks so yeah it's a little bit pricier but you get those exclusives and you you know you get some some goodies extra goodies which would probably cost more if you bought them individually anyway so a little bit of a savings there but yeah 25 to 30 bucks to see to be a part of this fan exclusive thor ragnarok thor 3 event uh, fan night that's happening on november 2nd so get your tickets now i'm already seeing that some of the spots are sold out, especially in those select your seat th- kind of theaters. And it's a limited release. It's not uh, the all-encompassing full, I'm sure, 80,000 theaters that are, are going to be happening eventually for Thor 3. But right now, this fan event is just in limited theaters. So you got to check near you to see if you can jump in there. AMC is doing it as well, but they are throwing in a lanyard and no soda. So if you're not into soda anyway or a drink and you don't really want the collectible cup, then go with the lanyard option. Tickets are around the same, 25 to 30. I'm definitely going, but um, it's going to be a great event, especially because all these premiere nights with hardcore comic book fans, they add something a little extra there, uh, my people. Always add a little, I don't know, a little extra nerd level of excitement and fun and just they're clapping at everything from every moment in the trailers to right when you see Marvel, uh, just the logo on the screen, they're, they're clapping and cheering. So it just brings an extra level of excitement. If you haven't experienced that go do it. It's just a, it's a super fun night when you get to be with the hardcore comic book fans like myself. So get your tickets, AMC and Regal, 25 to 30 bucks, November 2nd. Get them now. They're going fast. At least, like I said, those comic book, uh, those movie theater spots where you pick your seats, they're, they're going fast. I've already seen some that are sold out. And uh, that basically closes the comic book movie news. Just one thing this week. But the next thing that's uh, inside of my nerd brain is Force Friday 2. Yes, it was September 1st, just passed. There was a ton of new Star Wars toys and and clothes and even like Last Jedi Campbell soups, <laughs> yes, um, released for the that are all kind of teasing up towards the Last Jedi film, of course, set to come out December fifteenth. Some of the toys gave a glimpse and also little minor spoilers, if you will, to the film because of unveiling new characters that came out, like the new BB nine E, which is very cool. Sphero does a BB nine E, which is phenomenal. Check that out. But my personal favorite is the Disney Park exclusive Premium Ray lightsaber. And uh, it's Disney's first kind of 
jumping in, diving in, and release of a lightsaber of this caliber, uh, much like the this very awesome Force Effects light lightsaber series, which I have a ton of. And it's actually priced, this premium ray lightsaber is priced at 150 bucks, which is considerably less than the Force FX series. And of course it comes with the accelerometer for the motion sounds and the impact sensor, so you get that realistic sound and movement feel of a lightsaber. But also, it comes with a removable blade, so you can wear the actual hilt just on your hip with the belt clip that's provided. I thought that was a nice touch, and even a wall mount and just a hilt stand, so if you want to mount it on the wall with the entire thing put together, or you just want to display the hilt by itself, it comes with two different stands. And I was even surprised that it only takes three AA batteries when the Force Effects series takes six AAA, so just a nice little extra touch that you can save a little money on batteries, because they really do wipe out batteries kind of fast when you're, when you're lighting it up and swinging it around. But I love it. I will be displaying it proudly in my office. I'm sure I'll post a picture of it very soon. But if you are in the market for a high-end lightsaber collectible from Star Wars, this is worth the money. And I know it's a little tough to get because it's a, it's a Disneyland exclusive or park exclusive. But I'm seeing them on eBay and other places, etc. for just a little bit of an increased price. Not too bad. They're not highly gouging it. So you can get it for a reasonable price if you don't get yourself over to Disneyland. And I was surprised that they don't, even in Downtown Disney, it's not there. It's like inside the park only, so interesting. But if you want to see me just quickly unbox it, just go to my Instagram, at Sunspots Comics. I'll actually be posting a larger, longer, um, more detailed video unboxing of it on my YouTube page, at Sunspots Comics, so coming very soon. But I definitely recommend it. Check it out if you can get it, the Disney Park exclusive. It does have a little spoilery in there, too, like Ray has altered it a little bit. And so you wonder if it's actually functional or if there's going to be a scene in The Last Jedi where she's altering Luke's lightsaber. So kind of makes you wonder. So it could be a little spoilery just in the product itself. And the last thing that's on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. I'm doing the writing and the coloring and the lettering and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing, beautiful art. Thank you, Jordan, again, always for doing your amazing art. Please check his Instagram out at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. He's definitely, he doesn't overpost, which I like that about people on social media. It's just nice and sprinkled in every so often. Also, we've uh, posted four pages, uh, five altogether, of uh, some pages of Zombie Destroyers. Just check it out, uh, the comic book I created on sunspotscomics.com. I've got the, the cover page and pages one through four, so you can see little samples. There's no writing on it. It's not colored yet, but you can see the basic framework and kind of figure the story out because I'm very much a person of comics should at least be able to tell 80% of the story without any words whatsoever. It's primarily a visual medium, so you can piece together some stuff there as to what's going on with my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. But also, a quick, huge thank you to Sean Hudson, the father of Zombie Destroyers artist Jordan Hudson. He cosplayed at Rose City Comic Con this weekend as one of the Zombie Destroyers characters I created. Um... It's something that I have a hard time just expressing even my gratitude of. But go to Instagram, check out at Sunspots Comics and Sean's Instagram at Spynar, S-P-Y-K-N-A-R, S-P-Y-K-N-A-R to check it out. He just posted a few pictures, it's not too much. He dressed as the father of the Zombie Destroyers, Team Bruce. I mean, the, the pivotal character, they're all pivotal, but the equally important character here that is the very father of the Zombie Destroyers team and... It's just a dream come true. I mean, I really dreamed somewhere down the line, hopefully years from now, after many issues of Zombie Destroyers have been released, that I would see someone cosplay as a character that I created. 
and it's already happened. I mean, it's uh, it just it's, it boggles my mind. Um, but I'm very humbled to say the least. Uh, it's very mind blowing to have this, Sean. Thank you so much. I mean, even just me as a dad, seeing Sean support his son Jordan's art and his passions. It's just very inspiring and just very uplifting. So please go to Instagram at Sunspots Comics and Sean's again at Spynar, S-P-Y-K-N-A-R, to see the pictures we posted. It's not millions. It's really just four or five little pictures. But thank you again, Sean and Jordan. You guys are just really making my wildest, wackiest dreams come true. Uh, and it's very, very fulfilling and very inspiring. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud to call you guys my friends. And thank you for your, your Zombie Destroyers support. I really appreciate it. But also, quick, just little Zombie Destroyers update. We're, uh, Jordan's still penciling pages 25 and 26, which ended up being a double page instead of a single page of 25, so we've expanded it because it's a very important page of the weapons presentation to the Zombie Destroyers team. So the rest, uh, I'm actually tuning, just kind of fine-tuning uh, all the writing to the end of, of the first issue, which is on page 33. So it's a huge cliffhanger ending, which I'm just kind of fine, just chiseling and fine-tuning. But uh, it leads us right into issue number two, so I'm super excited. I can't wait to show it to you. We hope that it's done by uh, late this year, 2017, and then I'll be out there trying to sell issue number one of the comic book I created, Zombie Destroyers, with loving art from Jordan Hudson. So, again, just check it out, sunspotscomics.com. Just click on Zombie Destroyers. And also, a quick mention to our, our spotlighting segment. We have some interviews lined up. Thank you, folks, for being on standby. But if you yourself are a comic book creator of some kind, you're a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, it doesn't matter, you're just trying to get into comics or you're already doing it, I would love to have a little inside comics chit-chat with you here on a future podcast. So just send me a review copy of your work to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or just hit me up on the social media, of course, at sunspotscomics, and maybe I can set up a time where you and I can sit down, have a talk, and tell our listeners about you, and hopefully they can find your work and go look at it and go buy it and support you. So I'm an independent comic book creator myself, so I hope to do this kind of thing. I love podcasts, so I hope to be a guest one day on future podcasts. So if you yourself has a podcast, hit me up. I'd love to be a guest and talk about comics. But anyway, there's just a little little tip into some interviews coming up very soon in our segment we call Spotlighting. So now, on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books of the new stuff that just came out New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, September 6th. And of course, semi-spoilerish alert! But really, have no fear. I actually just harness my powers of persuasion to inspire you to buy these comics without spoiling them. I never really discuss the last few pages at all, I leave them alone, and I only cover just some of the interesting points in a comic book. But just in case, light semi-spoilerish alert. And if you want to read and see everything that I've been doing since I started this podcast back in 2015, like all of the things that I'm collecting, my giant pull list, like all of my top comic book picks of the week since I started for two years, it's all on sunspotscomics.com. Just go there, I update it, compact it, simplify it every single week. It's a simple, easy breezy site that you won't be just trapped into staying for many hours. You can see the catalogs, see my list, and bounce out, but I'm very proud of it. Check out sunspotscomics.com. And this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week is one and the same person. Glorious, glorious art by Giuseppe Camencoli for Darth Vader issue number five. He has just really kind of stripped down and simplified his art. He did Amazing Spider-Man for a long, 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 long time and I'm so happy to see him on Darth Vader. He does action so well. I mean, he is a top-notch 
just top of the biz here for doing action with his style of blurring and the way that he's just properly placed sound effects describers. They're just in the perfect place and they kind of go from smaller font to large to really just give it this action feel that feels very appropriate. Every single panel is just a joy to look at for Giuseppe Camincoli's art. And I love his just mix and blend of diversity for his panel styles and shapes. He does this flashback uh, deep in about page seven of Darth Vader's and he does it in this like 21 page small grids, but they're hyper detailed. They're not just kind of loosely put together. And it really maps out this interesting flashback of Anakin slash Darth Vader. A plus art. His cover is something just out of this world. It's this super close up of Darth Vader's his eyeglass shattering to reveal his eye and part of his uh, his nasty face, and it's just so hyper detailed. I mean, it. I looked very closely to see if it was just all digital rendering, and it wasn't. It definitely has this hand drawn style and feel, but just the coloring and the and the polishing of it. It's just very poster worthy. I, I would love to see this on shirts and mugs and all types of things because it's just this hyper close up, really just zoomed in showing in the entire front page of the comic, just Darth Vader's face with this shattering of his eyeglass to reveal his creepy looking eye. It's just beautiful. Eye catching, uh, just like I said, totally other stuff worthy. I, I would love to have this on my wall, but check out Darth Vader issue number five the Giuseppe Camincoli cover, because there is a, a Terry Dodson cover as well. I'm not sure which one is the regular cover, but I was lucky enough to get the Giuseppe Camincoli cover. Get that one. You'll see what I'm talking about. Just a super hyper, zoomed-in face of Darth Vader with his eye being revealed. And the breakdown. I always tell you what and how many I got and what I picked, and this is uh, this week's breakdown was I got 15 comics on the pull list this week and seven of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's almost that 50%, so that's super, super good. It's gonna be a fabulous week, let me tell you. It was, and you're gonna you're gonna definitely reap the benefits of some fantastic comics here that I'm about to tell you about. And new number ones, there were actually four this week and two of them made it to the Great Ones picks list. So 50%, that's, that's pretty darn good. That's where I wanna be at when new stuff comes in. I always hope to have them all be excellent, but that's not the case, but I really only cover the best of the best. So let's get into my top comic book recommendations this week. This is my Great Ones list, again, for New Comic Book Day, September 6th. And I consider these ones to be the best of the best. I read them more than once to give you the best countdown I can possibly put together here for you. So there were seven. So here we go now, coming in at number seven. It is from Image Comics. This is Elsewhere, issue number two. And this is written by Jay Farber and artist Sumye Keskin. And even Ron Riley on coloring, just fantastic colorist. Loves to live in the blues and the purple hues. And even smattering with a sort of white in backgrounds to make things really stand out. So some gorgeous, gorgeous art. But this is a great sort of what if story. If Amelia Earhart, the, the pilot that disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle or wherever she disappeared, actually was transported to this sort of other world, this very Avatar-like world and where, what she's doing in this world. So I just like that there again is this true historical person that is off in this fantastical land. And that's what the, the premise of this is. But at first she was sort of gathered with this small rebel group that have just escaped this compound and she very well could have her partner, I think his name was Fred, that disappeared with her, still a prisoner in this compound that these two rebels have just disappeared from. 
And as they sort of take a little time to realize they're they're friendly and have a little nice conversation, they partner up to go back into this compound to save her friend Fred. And that's what it's all about. But it also does spend a little t little more time into the how she ended up in this weird fantasy world, how Amelia Earhart ended up there. I'm not going to spoil that aspect of it, but very well done. And uh, some of these what-ifs, right, they can be kind of just so far-fetched and, and I don't know, just not really grab your interest at sometimes. But this really does because of how beautifully this world is painted. It reminds me of sort of the world of Birthright. If you look at that image title, there is a baddie, a major baddie that they, uh, they introduce here, Lord Cragen. And he's interesting and just a very kind of over-the-top bad guy in this uh, Avatar-like fantasy world. But I want to definitely see where this is going. It's only on issue number two. They have some insider help. There's definitely people within Lord, uh, what's his name, Corgan, Cragen, inside his world that are uh, that are slowly kind of they're they're plotting plotting and planning against him. So there is some there's a team here of people that are plotting against his demise, and so. Where's that gonna go? And what are what's the war here? We don't quite know yet. And why are they battling? And and how did she end up there? Does she get out? Just some of the questions that roll within your mind when you're reading elsewhere. So definitely check it out. It's only on issue number two from Image Comics. So go get it. That's our number seven pick of the week. And number six is from IDW Comics. And this was a surprising pick for me. I really enjoyed this, but it's Star Wars Adventures issue number one. So this is one of the new number two or new number ones that just came out. And this is kind of has a all ages sensibility to it, but I found it that really just sort of it, it can be of uh, any age. I mean, I, I didn't think it was really geared towards kids. I mean, really, Star Wars is a PG slash maybe light PG thirteen at best, right? Uh, kind of stuff. So this just felt uh, appropriate. It didn't feel like oh, they're really dumbing it down, if you will, for kids, or simplifying it or cleaning it up. It just felt like a great. Ray's story, like a little background into Ray's life on on Jakku, uh, Jakku, and or however you pronounce it, and this just shows her gathering some stuff, like she did at the beginning of Episode Seven. What she gathers uh, in this, without spoiling, is of great interest to many other people. So that causes some trouble for Ray. And there's some of your characters introduced, or you see again, and, and characters are a little bit flushed out here, like the guy, the junk salesman that is in charge of the, you know, buying and selling of used parts, he's sort of there. And so you get a little more of his character, a little meatier piece of his character, to give you kind of an understanding of what he's going through, etc. It's show a different side of him, and I like that. But it's just a fun, kind of action-packed day in the life of Ray that I really enjoyed here, and and uh, worth looking at. And then they go into uh, this little mini story, Tales from Wild Space. And this is from writer Kevin uh, Scott and penciler John Samariva. So it does change, actually. The initial writing team of the Ray story is uh, someone else, which will come up to me here in a second. And then it changes. But it, it has a very similar art style, so you almost don't feel the change going from story to story. But this is a, a Obi-Wan flashback to sort of... Maybe episode two, right in there, like we're after him and Anakin split in episode two, where he's sitting in that that diner that's owned by his friend, and some Star Wars-y hijinks ensues. And it's just fun, and there's a bunch of characters there. It has that kind of cantina feel to it that's in this this diner, this space diner. And there's other characters that are sort of not paid too much attention to in the movie series that are, again, sort of fleshed out. There is a like a singer in the band in the cantina that that makes an appearance here and so you see the the 
sort of mix of the old and the new of Star Wars here, but it's just fun. There's it's Star Wars hijink stuff, and there's a really super well done uh, cover gallery at the very end, which I'll actually post a picture of it. But wow, they came up with 30 different covers of Star Wars Adventures number one, and they're all really good from a lot of top people in the business. I was really surprised some of these, like Chris Samney to name a few, um, Eric Jones. So check it out. There's a lot of uh, interesting covers, which I'll, I'll kind of post very soon, but very nice uh, cover art gallery. And there's even a, a just little glimpse into the movie version of the Force Awakens comic to kind of inspire people to go back and look at it. I was surprised how, how decent the art is for this. I may go back and grab this which a lot of just the direct movie adaptations I don't grab because they don't give you anything new or move the story forward, etc. Um, but the art is really in its cool kind of cartooning style, and it might be just fun to sort of revisit The Force Awakens in the comic book adaptation. So anyway, I was really surprised. Star Wars Adventures made it. It's great. I'm going to add it to the pull list and read from here. So I hope it's just that sort of mix of fun stuff. I even hope they go Super Kids kind of feel to some of that like Chris Eliopoulos stuff that was done at the back of Darth Vader at the just a little one page of of the volume one of Darth Vader series go check that out it's just fun little cartoony style strips kind of Calvin and Hobbesy if you will I hope they blend that into Star Wars Adventures in the future from IDW so good stuff I really loved it and coming in at number five is Motor Crush issue number six this is of course from Image Comics this is written by Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tarr, all together. They were of the Batgirl team of DC of not too long ago. Script by Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart. Line art from Cameron Stewart. And coloring by Babs Tarr. So this is a... This comic just keeps getting better and better. That's one thing I definitely want to say about Motor Crush. I've started out as a like, and it's turned into like a love. I would say it started out as a strong, heavy like, and now it's turned into a love. Ultimately, of this, of this father and daughter story of this when ultimately she's adopted and how this this man has taken full responsibility and gives his just his his heart and soul to his daughter and that's what's at the core of this series called Motor Crush which is set into this weird kind of speed racer kind of world where there's a strange chemical called Crush that is put into cars and our main character here uh, breeds it and she has it into an inhaler and sort of needs it and it enhances her her name is Domino it at at one point now has maybe put her into the future a little she's skipped forward in time so it has some weird effects to it we don't know her ex exact background yet but they're flashbacking to it here of the early days of domino being inspired by speed and by racing and when this little event happens with her and her dad which is truly heartwarming and just just lovingly told and, and drawn and i love that aspect of it and he's still trying to figure out you know he found his daughter and she needs this sort of inhaling crush material and he has a friend that's kind of a, a you know a, a makeshift scientist that's that's learning here and he's also kind of smitten by her but he's afraid to make that approach and everything is just about his daughter he sacrifices everything for her even his love life and so you really just you're rooting for the dad you feel for him and he hasn't had the best time uh, accepting Domino as as his child she even has these seizures and the seizures are just heartbreaking when you see the look on on her dad's face and that she can't help him and she has to or help her and he has to use this weird crush and he is not sure how good crush is for her and so he's he's on the fence and battling with that at the same time so this is ultimately just a little further glimpse into the origin of domino and how and why she's like this and this evil sort of corporation that's all there kind of 
and you know in the shadows plotting and and kind of laying out a course of definitely getting into Domino's life here very soon without spoiling stuff but it has a great cliffhanger ending so check out Motor Crush it's super good if you like Speed Racer you like father-daughter stories you like just it lives in these pink hues there's a ton of it and it has a very kind of almost anime feel but not really definitely more of an American sensibility but it definitely dips the toes into sort of both worlds and genres but uh, Speed Racer, action-packed stuff uh, with a super-duper heart. Motor Crush. Get it. But coming in at number four from Marvel Comics is Daredevil, issue number 26. This is written by attorney slash comic book writer Charles Soule and beautiful, beautiful, dark, noir-style art by Ron Garney. And the coloring, gotta mention coloring Matt Milla. It's just this dark, rich, deeply colored, realistic-looking environment with this beautiful attention to light and the paneling done by Ron Garney is just something absolutely out of this world and special you gotta see it and Daredevil's back in his sort of original suit which is fine um I like both suits but there is something sort of nostalgic and heartwarming to see him in just that all red in his original DD font uh yeah it just appeals to that nostalgic aspect of Daredevil that is there from time to time but this kind of starts a new arc this shows uh, Matt Murdock going to China in chase of a sort of lead, that potentially trap, of his short-lived sidekick, Blindspot. He gets some information that he may be in China, that he may be in trouble, and Matt goes to Foggy. Foggy like, yeah, trap. <laughs> and he's like, well, Blindspot, I should at least try. You know, and so this kind of starts this, not kind of, starts this arc from Matt Murdock going to China. So it's just this kind of unique setting for him. He's been there before, but it, it gives him a whole other set of challenges. He really tries to go with the primary approach of Matt Murdock, an attorney that just won a major case in court, allowing superheroes to be witnesses without revealing their identities. Huge kind of, kind of hopefully, um, Marvel shaking event that will change uh, how things go forward with superheroes being allowed to testify in court but he goes with that angle so he may not have to use the daredevil angle too much but it only takes him so far and there's these great epic sort of landscape shots of him in China of, of in the daredevil suit and it's just iconic and very memorable and and beautifully done with just how Ron Garney's laid out mist and sort of algae and this beautiful layouts of of this of this wilderness in China, so gorgeous, and interesting that he has to be in the wilderness in one of the most highly populated uh, places on Earth. But who cares? There's Daredevil perched on rock and stone, and like I said, these beautiful, wispy landscapes, which are just gorgeous. But he's a huge, maybe biggest cliffhanger of uh, of this week for me as to what happens here at the end. Will he find Blindshot, his partner? Will they be partners again? I hope so. He was, uh, Blindspot was blinded by the 20 fingers guy. I think it was called 10 fingers, but 10 fingers on each hand. And so is he bitter? Is he, is he fine with Matt? Are they cool? You're going to find out, or at least be sort of maybe in towards the end, but great stuff. Daredevil always has been. Look, look in the past pick list. It's been top pick. It's been top 10. It's been top five. It's just kind of always there and consistent. I've been so enjoying Daredevil from even before when the new volume came out of number one, which I want to say was like two years ago now. It's been phenomenal. But Daredevil, issue number 26, our number four pick of the week. And here we go now, breaking into the top three. So yes, these are the big three coming in right now at 
Number three is our artist and cover artist winner this week, Darth Vader, issue number five. And this is written by the same guy that just wrote Daredevil, uh, Mr. Attorney slash comic book writer, Charles Soule, and beautiful, just stunning art from Giuseppe Camincoli. Beautiful, beautiful cover, as I said. Amazing, amazing art. Just the panel diversity, out of this world, top-notch. This is one I will remember for a long time. It is just heavy action-packed. It's a ton of Star Wars fun here. This is where the Emperor Palpatine has given Darth Vader the mission of finding his own lightsaber. So this is right after Episode 3, before Episode 4, and the where, where Anakin Darth Vader is on the hunt to find a lightsaber from a good Jedi, corrupt the kyber crystal, and turn it red so that he will have his own lightsaber. And you think pretty straightforward. I mean, here we are as in, in issue five of Darth Vader, and you'd think, okay, he's going to find it. He's going to win. He obviously, you know, it's prequel stuff. We know he has a lightsaber, a red one in the future, so all going to happen. But but Charles Soule has mixed it up and made it a little more of an adventure and a look back and a peek into and a uh, expansion of Anakin's character in only a way that adds some badassness to him. I like that because, sure, maybe we, some people say... Uh, we didn't need to know everything about Vader. It's better that he's left off mysterious. But I like the sort of new regime of from even Rogue One to some of the things we're seeing in Star Wars uh, Darth Vader, Volume 1 and 2, about really establishing Vader as this mean villain. And this is what happens here. He finds this other Jedi on this strange planet called Ambalar. And his uh, th there's this, this Jedi that's there named Master Kirak Enfila. He's a, a really good Jedi-ish. <laughs> he uh, he booby-traps the planet. Darth is able to get through the booby-traps, but not without a cost. And that's kind of what happens in 4. What happens here in 5 is him really uh, having this lightsaber and how he's trying to corrupt it. So I don't want to tell you the end of the what happens between the Darth Vader and this good Jedi. Uh, but he has the lightsaber, he's trying to corrupt it here, and there's a series of sort of flashbacks that's making him sort of question, if you will, his dark side allegiance. And man, I love even some of the close-ups here where they show Darth Vader holding the kyber crystal in his hand with his his gloves being torn and you could see the robotic appendages in his hand even that adds this just awesome fun robotic action there and you even see through the eyes of Darth Vader through his helmet at one point as he looks at this crystal and sort of ponders it and then has this sort of vision we all have heard that the force will give you visions of the future visions of the past and he has this vision that's so very clear that it it, def it shakes him to the core and shatters his helmet, literally. And I love this little offshoot sort of what-if image that happens here, glimpse of a potential future that happens here and his reaction to it. But it's great stuff, super fun, action-packed. And like I said, diversity of panels are beautiful here. And you see some of the episode one, two, three. Uh, locations that are shown at a little different angle, a different light that just adds to the hey, it's okay. You can kind of like the prequels. Don't, don't hate yourself for it. <laughs> but there's even 
there's even a this this future glimpse, if you will, involves Obi Wan Kenobi, and when he's uh, I don't want to blow it, so I'm not just gonna say he's involved in this glimpse, and him and Darth Vader have an altercation, whatever that may be. But man, I'm really not trying to spoil this one. But very action packed. What happens at the end here was a surprise, leading into still what I want to see what happens in issue number six of Darth Vader. So, yes, Charles Soule is doing a great job of some great cliffhanger endings, just pacing the story so well to where it keeps you interested. I thought, okay, Volume 1 is done. How could they sort of beat that with 25 issues of Volume 1 of Darth Vader? This could be, this is off to a better pace. I know we're just in issue 5, but go get it. It is super good stuff. Darth Vader, Vader issue number 5. Even if you haven't read the pre previous 1 through 4, which you should, get this one. You'll see from the cover alone. Uh, you will be extremely happy you did. Buy it now. And coming in at number two is uh, from Image Comics. This is another sort of surprise pick for me. It was kind of overall a surprising pick list when I really look back at it. But it's The Walking Dead, issue number 171. And this is written by Robert Kirkman. This is art by Charlie Adler. It's been a while since The Walking Dead has made it to the top pick list. So I have to say that the core of it was really this fresh new kind of feeling with this brand new character that's introduced here. So previously, tensions between Rick and Dwight have uh, have become the centerpiece right after the Whisperers War. And Negan is alive and he's sort of mixing into this and that's part of the reason why um, Rick and Dwight have a lot of tension is because of Rick keeping Negan alive and also kind of letting him go. Which uh, I know is a, is, a, is a tough, it's like pouring salt on the wound for some people. They're like, oh, I can't believe Negan's alive in this world. But I got past that, and I've still been enjoying The Walking Dead. And Michonne is like caravanning um, to Pittsburgh, and you've seen Pittsburgh being totally empty, and that's where we meet this new character. But first off, there is this very awkward, very uncomfortable conversation uh, between um, Rosita, or actually they're talking about Rosita. The two guys are talking about Rosita, and that they both were involved with her, and one of them was cheated on while they were together, and so it... it breaks it down there and they have this uncomfortable situation you know the girlfriend is gone Rosita is gone and here they are the two ex-boyfriends realizing they were being cheated on and it's just this uncomfortable situation but so well done to where you feel it emotionally they Charlie Adler paired it with some great art that shows this sort of emotional turmoil that they're both going through with the woman that they loved was cheating on the both of them so that right there was something that really grabbed me and it's like oh that's just a a tough awkward but you feel it very emotionally conversation there right at the get-go but they're in Pittsburgh they're <laughs> Michonne is just searching for people or trying to make some noise so that walkers will come out and they won't be surprised by them and they see this brand new character that steps out she's like she's wearing a like a pink sweater and these crazy goggles and she has purple hair which is all black and white but of course they show her in color on the cover which is nice I think she kind of kind of encapsulates a little better than having to use your imagination for what colors she's wearing but she's just wacky she's kind of out there she's this this very young kind of sensibility but she's like a practical joker and she's and she's snarky and they don't know how to deal with this they haven't seen someone like this she's lighthearted she's she's like the the extreme opposite end of Negan she doesn't swear she's she's clean cut and minded but just kind of having a good time and <laughs> talking to people like it's no big deal. They don't know how to deal with her. Like, should we just kill her now? Uh, is she just leading us to a pack of her people that are going to steal all our stuff? They've been so affected by this world, but she's been sort of isolated and living alone. So she has like a story of her own 
which I'd love to see some backstory on this character, but her name is Juanita Sanchez. And so, uh, yes, she's living alone, very isolated, talks a lot because she's been all by herself, and it's just freaking out Michonne's group of people. They don't know what to do with her. She calls herself princess, and she's like, well, queen just makes me sound old. So, you know, I, being of an older person myself, an older gentleman, sometimes I find a difficulty in relating to some of the younger folks and younger characters in comics. You just don't hear, because she's just this this breath of fresh air. And she's just, she's funny, she made me laugh, and I just love seeing them not know how to deal with her. And so that alone is worth getting this issue. Great jumping on point. It's sort of in the still the opening or beginning phases of this arc of of again you know rick and dwight tension and michonne on a on a you know fact finding mission and running into juanita sanchez so grab it great jumping on point even if you've missed some or you're not caught up or you jumped out when negan was still alive and that that time forward jump don't worry about all that just jump in here enjoy the walking dead if you like zombie action and some great character development and some real seriously emotional moments here all in which of course explains robert kirkman the writer but go get it really uh surprised and glad to see walking dead this high on the rankings so that's why it's our number two pick of the week but the one that beat them all here we go the issue that just laid the hammer down heavy upon all the the, the prior numbers uh i mean honestly they were all good this week, all seven of them, so it was difficulty in ranking again, but the one that edged them all out, that I had the most fun, I was most surprised with, and was super action-packed, the number one this week is, was the longest title in comic book history, all of this, here we go, Journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Star Wars Captain Phasma, issue number one. <laughs> so that's the number one pick of the week, and it's, this is written by Kelly Thompson, an artist, uh, which was glorious, fantastic art, almost artist of the winner of the week, Giuseppe Camincola just beat him out. It was Marco Cecchetto. And Marco Cecchetto, along with Giuseppe Camincola, nothing online that I could find them. No social media, nothing. Why is it that artists do that? I don't know. You would think they want everyone to see their art and to put themselves out there, especially if they're freelance, which 99% of them are. But this is a story, finally moving the story forward, if you will, from episode 7, giving us a kind of a glimpse, a journey into The Last Jedi, episode 8. It's coming up December 15th. And it moves the story a little bit here with showing what exactly happens to Captain Phasma. And that uh, she was forced at at gunpoint, basically, to bring the shields down of the of the base so that the rebels could attack it. And she was thrown into a garbage garbage chute. And so what happens to her exactly at that moment? So they written out into this timeline form, which is great. It does get a little confusing, but you can see mostly it's in linear form. But Captain Phasma realizes here, I think the most interesting part of it is that she realizes that the, that the First Order will find her guilty of lowering the shields, which, which equates to destruction of the Starkiller base. And she has to, has to get into the, the database to corrupt some data so that they just won't destroy her or, you know, do something bad to her or take her ranking away or something of Captain. So she has to find a way... To correct this information showing that she was the one responsible for the destruction of, of the Starkiller base. And how she does that is unique. And it's just very action-packed. Extremely little dialogue. And she goes in and ultimately finds that someone had a login entry close to hers. 
And so uh, that's the only way she can find around this was to maybe change things to where it looks like that person was the one that actually lowered the shields, which entail and it brought the destruction of Starkiller Base. But there's some beautiful, as I flip over to some of the art, gorgeously colored and mostly blue hues. There's some great, uh, like, large panels with the word boom, and inside the word boom is just the art and action scene with this blurring effect when she's firing off blaster shots at this person that she's chasing. And there's this is one of four, by the way, so this is going to be a little mini-series. I can't wait to see where this goes. I, I It is a small pacing and small piece of story moving forward, but enough to be very interesting and fun and just to be excited about uh, December 15th's release of The Last Jedi. I really do hope they flush out the character Captain Phasma more. I love this actress, of course, that is playing her in the movies, but even in the comic here, it's nice to see this character given more time. You kind of have that, is this going to be the Boba Fett of the new series going forward? Will we really have very little to know about Boba Fett or even scenes of action with Boba Fett? They're kind of addressing that here, and I hope that that is also addressed in the film, that we really get to see a Captain Phasma character flushed out and shown and a little deeper development of so i hope that's there and this just maybe gives me that little glimpse of hope but if you want to see what happened to captain phasma you want to action pack star wars fun seven uh, episode 7.125 type feel that does move the story forward i know that a lot of star wars stories don't move the fo story forward at all this does I and mean, a lot of it's fill in and what ifs and in between issue three and four etc this is 7.125 moving right into before eight so i can't wait to see how far this takes us and the further development of captain phasma but beautifully drawn gorgeous art lovely coloring action-packed easily winner of the week again journey to star wars the last jedi star wars captain phasma issue number one of four get it right away right now i don't know what you're doing get up go get it <laughs> so there you go that's the podcast that's sunspots comics podcast issue number 123 please lock the vault door oh yes those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, September 6th. Please support your local comic book stores, the, the stores, the old brick and mortars. Yes, go over to them, tell them Sunspots Comics sent you, and buy R7 immediately. You'll be so happy that you did. If you have questions, comments, or you want your own personal comic book recommendation, email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and I discuss it on the podcast, I will send you a little thank you comic book prize from me personally. Sign up for our comic uh, book newsletter. There's stuff going to come out for it very soon. Sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And please tune in next week for issue number 124 of the podcast, where I will be reading, let's see, the pull list is 15 for next week, for September 13th. And there are three new number ones coming out, so potentially 18 comics I'm going to read. I'm going to filter through, I'm going to read them again, and then read them one more time, and then pick the best of the best of the best to tell you about. And here's just a, a quick sneak peek into some of the awesome comic books that are coming out next week september 13th for podcast issue number 124 in no particular order amazing spider-man 132 or issue 32 baby teeth number four birthright 26 yes curse words number eight love and curse words so weird <laughs> defenders issue number five top picks only on number five defenders has made it i think two or three times to the top pick list so defenders has been amazing number five's coming out uh, the Fix, number 10. I'm loving that weird Los Angeles dirty cop tale of, of The Fix. Go and grab that. Harrow County, number 25. It's got to be a big issue that Harrow County's number 25. 
That's multiple Eisner winner. That's top picks continually. Of, number, of 25 of them, probably 15 of them have been top picks of the week. My favorite horror comic of all time, Harrow County, issue number 25, coming out next week. To name a few. So there's just a glimpse into what I'll be discussing on podcast issue number 124. So it's going to be an amazing week of comic books, as it always is. So please subscribe, listen in, tell a nerd loved one, check out Sunspots Comics. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope it brought some positivity to you and you enjoyed it and you had fun with it and you tell some folks. If you'd like to give your give a little back and help us out, just go to iTunes, give us some kind words, hit us with a five-star review. I'll read it on a future podcast. Personally, thank you. And email you a little comic book fun-related prize to you personally. And that'll do it. So thank you. Until next week, spend some, some time with the ones you love, especially if they're nerdy. Be like water, my friends. And I'll leave you with the wise words of Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. So thank you so much. Be like water, my friends. See you next week. Bye-bye. Comics now.